Talk Recorded live. Welcome to Evolution Revolution with Dulcinea. It is Thursday, May 15, 2008. Our inner passions seek to rise to the surface only to re- reveal our true and genuine selves. How are you seeking your authentic and higher self in your life? Begin today to look within, knowing all of your answers are there, the divine treasure chest that you are. Evolution Revolution is focused on offering the listeners intuitive and balanced information that fosters transformation both personally and globally, ultimately raising the consciousness on planet Earth. I am a metaphysician, clairvoyant, and clairaudient intuitive, writer, public speaker, PR, marketer, personal advisor to visionaries, leader, and spiritual teacher. Please explore more on my website at www.evolutionrevolutionradio.com. Thank you for joining the show this evening, wherever you may be listening. Tonight on Evolution Revolution, I am honored to have an appearance from two pioneers living an authentic life, Gary Zukoff and Linda Francis. Gary Zukoff for years has conveyed the most complex insights in a universal language. Repeatedly, he challenges us to see the depth of our potential in the world and act on that awareness. He is the author of four consecutive New York Times bestsellers. In 1979, The Dancing Wooly Masters, An Overview of the New Physics, Plumbed the Depths of Quantum Physics and Relativity, Winning the American Book Award for Science. In 1989, the seed of the soul led the way to seeing the alignment of the personality and the soul as the fulfillment of life and captured the imagination of millions, becoming the number one New York Times bestseller 31 times strong and remaining on the New York Times bestseller list almost three full years. Soul Stories was published in 2000 as well as the Heart of the Soul Emotional Awareness in 2002, and the Mind of the Soul Responsible Choice in 2003, both of which the latter were co-authored with, with Linda Francis, also became New York Times bestsellers. His most recent book release, Soul to Soul, Communication from the Heart, offers spiritual insight and answers almost 100 questions about this earthly life, a book from the heart. His gentle presence, humor, and wisdom have endeared Gary, to millions of viewers through his many appearances on The Oprah Winfrey Show. Six million copies of his books are in print, and in over 24 languages, his great work has been translated. Gary Zukoff grew up in the Midwest, graduated from Harvard, and became a Special Forces officer with Vietnam service prior to writing his first book. Gary is co-founder of the Seat of the Soul Institute, Fellow of the World Business Academy and Elder on the Council of Elders, Native American Earth Ambassadors. He is a recipient of the World Business Academy Pathfinder Award and the Einstein Award from the Albert Einstein College of Medicine for contributions to the psychosocial growth of humanity, among others. Linda Francis has been practicing the creation of authentic power since she read The Seed of the Soul in 1989. In 1993, Linda met Gary, and they created a spiritual partnership, which has evolved into its 13th year. During that time, she has co-authored with Gary two of the New York Times bestsellers, as mentioned, The Heart of the Soul, Emotional Awareness, and The Mind of the Soul, Responsible Choice, and co-founded the Seat of the Soul Institute, the premier organization dedicated to assisting individuals in the alignment of the personality with the soul, 
the creation of authentic power. She has been in the healing profession for three decades, initially as a registered nurse and then as a chiropractor, and at the present time is fully dedicated in co-creating curricula and events with Gary to lead people to their authentic self. Welcome, Gary and Linda. Share with the audience and myself the evolution of the Seat of the Soul Institute and its fantastic offerings to humanity at this current time. Well, thank you, Dulcinea. It's a delight to be here. Yes, it's really wonderful. It's such a uh, beautiful introduction. Thank you so much. Oh, you're so kindly welcome. Thank you for joining me tonight on Evolution to Revolution. It's quite an honor. Yeah, we're very excited to be here with you and all the listeners. Wonderful. And our, so the F- mm-hmm. our organization, you wanted to know about the Seat of the Soul Institute? Yes. Just, it came into being because we wanted to share so much about authentic power. Um, after the Seat of the Soul was written and um, Gary and I became spiritual partners, we realized that um, our spiritual partnership was really supporting us in growing so much. And we wanted to support as many people as possible in learning how to create authentic power in their life. So we um, started this organization. Even though we're not business people, we started this organization so we could support as many people as possible on our website and with our books and with our events and every way we can. It's so phenomenal. The site is so rich with information and really reaches out to a vast audience. I know that I myself found Gary on Oprah, and I actually found all my handwritten notes of every week when he appeared on Oprah and becoming authentic. And I thought, wow, this is something that has touched so many. You are so, you are the pioneers of authenticity is the way that I really view that. And I've very clearly written that in your bios and mentioned that on the website. And I just want to thank you both for really being courageous enough to step up and be the truth of who you are, to show others that they can then be the truth of who they are. Well, thank you, Dulcinea. I feel that it's uh, time for all of us to learn how to do that. And, and uh, I look at myself as someone who is creating authentic power, someone who's in the process. So I can't model uh, authentic power for you or any of our listeners, but I can model someone who is creating it. Uh, to the best of my ability. And an authentic power, since we're going to talk about it so much, I'd like to tell you what the experience of it is. It's the experience of, of uh, joy. It's the experience of fulfillment. You're engaged and engaging. You're fully present. You're in the present moment entirely. You are content. You are grateful. You know that you're alive for a purpose and that you are living that purpose. Nothing is withheld from you. You have everything that you could have. That is the experience of authentic power. And many people have had this experience uh, spontaneously and briefly. For example, while cooking a meal for a friend, perhaps, or or writing a book, as I've had it, or uh, painting a painting, or being by the bedside of a, a, a parent who's passing on. But there is a way to create authentic power ongoingly, continually, and that's what we're on your show to talk about. We're on your show to talk about how to create a life of fulfillment and joy, a life of more joy and less pain, a life of more love and less fear. Why is it important? 
important for individuals to seek out to create this authentic power in the macro scale for the larger picture of the evolution of the human species at this time. It is, pardon me, beloved, did you have well, something I'm just, to say? Well, I'm just thinking, I think we both probably have a lot to say about yeah. this. Um, the, the thing, I mean, as we know, Dulcinea, the things that are happening in our world right now, um, there's a lot of chaos, a lot of things happening, and even in, in, especially in our country, in the U.S., there's just a lot going on. And this, is, this makes sense because um, when people are pursuing external power, in other words, trying to change others and trying to uh, manipulate and control other people, uh, that's only going to create violence and destruction, either emotionally or uh, physically. And so what, what we teach about is specifically to support people in learning new tools, new ways of living, becoming aware of your emotions, becoming aware that you can make different choices than the choices you may have been making in your life. And choices, um, first of all, you have to become aware when you have parts of your personality that are based in fear. Um, in fact, I think we'll talk about that. There are what we say is that what we what we teach about is that there are two energies in the in the universe. One is the energy of fear, which which encompasses many different things, like uh, jealousy, uh, anger, uh, uh, all the addictions, obsessions. Um, anytime you uh, feel like you have to please someone and not really be authentic, that would be an energy of fear. Uh, rather than really doing something that you really care because you care about someone. Um, and also there's, there's the energy of love. And to create authentic power, it means making choices that are based in, uh, with the energy of love, where you're, where you're giving, where you're generous, where you're caring, where you're aware that you have other parts of you, but you're not going to act on them. So that gives you a little, a little bit of an overview. But, beloved, I, I know you had some more to say about that. I'd like to paint the largest picture that I can with the broadest brush strokes. And I offer this for your consideration. Everything, by the way, that I say and that Linda says and what we write about, we don't present as a dogma or something that we feel that you or anyone else needs to believe, but as a window through which we've come to look at the world. And it's been very helpful to us, and we hope that it will be helpful to you also. We are on the ground floor of an unprecedented transformation in human consciousness. That means that the very nature of human consciousness is changing in ways that it has never before. And the magnitude of this transformation has no antecedent. The only thing that could possibly compare with the enormity of what is now happening is the genesis of humanity. Our Awareness is expanding beyond the limitations of the five senses. In other words, we are becoming aware that our world and ourselves are more than we can see and touch and taste and smell and hear. We are becoming, we are becoming aware of ourselves as souls as well as personalities. At the same time, at the same time that we walk on the earth, that we feel the sun on our shoulders, that we feel a friend's hand in our own. We are aware of ourselves and others as immortal beings. Everyone has talked about the soul, at least in the Judeo-Christian cultures. But now, 
as we become multi-sensory, we are acquiring the capacity each in our own way to experience that we, that we are more than we previously thought we were. Now, this transformation in human consciousness does not require your effort. It is occurring in millions of people and within a very short time, within a few generations, all of humankind will be multi-sensory. That means we'll no longer be limited to the perceptions of the five senses. But with this expanded awareness comes new potential and new understanding. And this is very exciting. The new understanding among, among many is, the under, is a new understanding of power. The old understanding, when we were a species that was five sensory, was the ability to manipulate and to control. That's what most people still consider power to be. But the new understanding of power that is beginning to emerge in the hearts and in the thoughts of so many people now is power as the alignment of the personality with the soul, as alignment of yourself with the highest part of yourself, the most noble part, the most comprehensive, the most wise and compassionate part of yourself that you can possibly reach for. That is your soul. Authentic power is the alignment of your personality with your soul, and it doesn't happen automatically. You have to create it, and that's the content of everything that we share, the creation of authentic power by individuals who are becoming multisensory. And you can tell if you're multisensory. You are if you resonate with what I am saying to you now and what Linda has said to you. So, beloved, wouldn't it also be the alignment with with everything that's loving? So aligning your personality with all the everything that's loving. Yes. Your soul has intentions, and those intentions are harmony, cooperation, sharing, and reverence for life. So when you align yourself with harmony, cooperation, sharing, and reverence for life, you create authentic power. That's now your job. It's my job. It's Linda's job. It's everyone's job because this is our new evolutionary modality. Five-sensory humans evolved by surviving. And the means they used to survive was the creation of external power, the ability to manipulate and to control, to make weapons, to make shelter, to develop agriculture, clothing, and a vast technology. But now to evolve, the new species that is emerging in millions of people, that new species evolves by growing spiritually. The means of its evolution is the creation of authentic power, the alignment of your personality with your soul with the, through the force of your own will. How does emotional awareness positively impact becoming authentic? <laughs> well, it's, it's really um, to be able to create authentic power you need to be able to be aware of your own emotions. And when we talk about emotions, we talk about them as some emotions come from uh, loving parts of your personality and some emotions come are 
fearful parts of your personality. So it's, it's, very, it's extremely important to be aware of when you have a part of your personality active and emotion uh, in your body, you want to be able to feel it as a physical sensation, which we, I mean, we can go into that a little bit tonight, but um, the, the book, The Heart of the Soul, is a whole book about it with exercises that help people to understand about emotional awareness. It's not something that we learned in school. It's not something we learned from our parents. Most parents don't know about emotional awareness. And what I mean by that is not, it's not that um, a lot of times people think, uh, like, like a, a stereotype is that men are not emotional except for to get angry and they don't feel their emotions. And another stereotype for women a lot of times is that they're over-emotional. But actually, neither of these is emotional awareness. Uh, when I was writing the book with Gary about uh, the heart of the soul, emotional awareness, I thought I knew a lot about emotions because I was very, emo I would call myself an emotional person. And what I realized is that I wasn't emotionally aware, which is so important if you want to grow spiritually. You have to be aware of what emotions are coming up in you and what thoughts they're generating. Because if you don't know that, then you'll be acting on them and speaking from that place. And if it's a fearful place, then you'll be, be creating more consequences that are painful. So when I was writing the book with Gary, uh, and I thought, you know, that, oh, I, I, can, I will be able to contribute to this book because I'm, I'm an emotional person. But what I realized in writing it is that I used my emotions. I indulged them. I felt them, and I felt I had a right to say what I needed to say when I felt uh, upset, to say what I needed to say, uh, when I was angry um, or to withdraw if I felt bad about something or felt like I could be sad whenever I felt like it. But what I realized is that that was being emotionally indulgent, not emotionally aware. So to become emotionally aware, you need to be aware of what is going on, especially in your energy centers. Many people call them chakras, but we've been calling them, we call them energy centers. Um, because that is where you feel physical sensations in your body. And if they are uncomfortable or painful, when you, once you get to learn how to, to be aware of that, because most people are not, many people are not aware of what's going on in their body because they're in their thinking, like thinking thoughts. But it helps you to be aware of, um, you can become aware of what's going on in your body. And if you have let's say in your chest area, if you have uncomfortable sensations in your chest area, let's say um, you've had, you're in a power struggle. Let's say I'm in a power struggle with Gary. If I'm in a power struggle with Gary and I want him to change and I think I'm right, where I mostly always feel that is in my chest. If I stop and I just notice what's going on in my body, I'll notice in my chest I have tightness and pain actually because I want to change him and I want to be right. So what, what the choice is there is I can decide not to act on that because I know that's a fearful part of my personality that wants him to be different and, want, and I want to be, that part of me wants to be right. So what I do is I just feel it and notice that it's there and I decide consciously not to speak from that place, from that part of my personality or act in that way. I just feel what I'm feeling and then I open myself to um, feeling it deeper and also 
everything that I say from that point on, I make a conscious effort to say it in a loving way to him because I don't want to act in that way. So that gives you a little taste of emotional awareness. Nelson, yes. I have a question for you. <laughs> Please. Uh, if it's not too personal, when you get angry, um, do you usually, what, what do you usually do? So some people shout, some people withdraw emotionally, some people become distant and cold, some people uh, get uh, uh, loud. What do you, us- you usually do? I grab my journal and a pen. <laughs> <laughs> and we go to town. <laughs> okay. Well, when you're with somebody and you're really angry at that person, uh, and you don't have a journal with you, okay. What 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 do you think would be your uh, most usual reaction? It would probably be to withdraw and walk away. Right. So many people have that reaction when they're angry, and others have different reactions. But whenever you're angry, whenever you withdraw and you walk away, to use your example, you create a distance between you and the other person, don't you? Yes. Because your heart's not really open at that time, is it? No. Right. So if you're not aware that you're doing that, when you get angry, you'll do the same thing again. And you'll create the same consequences again. For example, with me, when I get angry, I'm I, at least for most of my life, I was more in, inclined to get loud and uh, in your face. And I did the same thing. That accomplished the same thing. It pushed people away. It isolated me. My heart was closed. So whenever you're angry, if you can recognize that impulse, in your case, to withdraw and walk away, before you actually withdraw and walk away, You can experiment. You can challenge that impulse and do something different. Now, that's where emotional awareness will help you. Because if you are aware of all of your emotions in terms of your body, in terms of physical sensations in your body, you will always know when a frightened part of your personality is active because it will hurt. When when you say frightened, you mean a frightened part of your personality, meaning a part that's not loving, a part that's angry, a part that's that's not loving. A part that wants to take revenge, a part that wants to withdraw. Yes, when when we talk about a frightened part of your personality, we're not talking about just fear, the way most people think of fear. We're talking about all the things that Linda said, anger, jealousy, vengefulness, Uh, feeling superior, feeling inferior, uh, needing to please. These are all needing with emotionally withdrawing. These are all experiences of fear. And I'm talking about this because when you set the intention to align your personality with your soul, you set the intention to create harmony and share and to cooperate and to revere life. And everything in your personality that doesn't want to do that such as your anger and your jealousy and your vengefulness and all of those things, come up in your awareness. When they come up, you can discover something very interesting and unpleasant about them as you develop emotional awareness. They are all painful to experience. 
So the next time you physically painful. So the next time you get angry and you feel the need to withdraw and walk away, instead of doing that, stop right there in the moment and put your attention in your chest area and then in your throat area and then in your solar plexus area. Scan your body for physical sensations. See if there's anything you can feel because as you develop this ability, you'll find that there's always something a physical sensation for you to experience. And when you're angry, something in your chest or your solar plexus or your throat area or other areas in your torso will not will feel uncomfortable or painful, physically painful. And that will let you know that a frightened part of your personality is active. Well, when you're looking at that part of your personality, when your attention is turned inward, that allows you to inject consciousness at that moment in a reaction that until then was unconscious. You got angry, you withdraw and walk away. Now, when you develop emotional awareness, you're scanning, you're feeling what you feel. So as you, if you get angry, instead of looking at the person that made you get angry, you turn your attention to what you're experiencing in your body. And in that moment, you create a little gap, a space between the impulse and your reaction. And in that space, you can do something new. You can choose. That is how you inject consciousness into an unconscious process. And when you do that, you're in a position to begin to change your life. Until then, your life is running you. Yeah, you can choose not to create the distance and not to withdraw. Yes. You'll still you'll still feel angry when you do this. Mm-hmm. You'll feel it more completely than you ever have in the past because you'll be feeling the physical sensations that are underneath anger, that are anger. And in that moment, you may still feel pain in your heart as your heart, in your chest, as your heart closes. But that doesn't mean that you have to withdraw and walk away. It means that you're standing there feeling these painful sensations. You can challenge them by not withdrawing and walking away. You can challenge them by staying where you are. You can challenge them by continuing to listen to the person who's making you angry. Not to make them feel better or to appease them, but because you want to explore your own reactions, your own physical sensations while you're becoming angry. Because you want to grow yourself. Because you, Yes, because you don't want to be a prisoner any longer to your anger. This, to any emotions that come from fear. To any emotions such as jealousy and the need to get revenge, the need to prove yourself right, the need to prove someone else wrong. You don't want to be a prisoner to these automatic, robotic, painful, and destructive reactions any longer. If you do, if you do want to remain a prisoner to them, then don't do anything that we're saying, and you will. (laughs) The problem with doing that, though, is when you don't change, you continue to create what you've created in the past. And if you'll look, begin to be aware in your life of what you're creating, when you're angry or jealous or vengeful, you'll be able to see that everything that you create with those energies is painful 
when you encounter it. Every consequence is. Yes, this is definitely right on. You've hit a, a point that goes right back to my notes from June 29th in 2000 on the Oprah show. It was titled Anger, and the only thing I wrote was every anger statement that hit to me. So you've definitely hit me directly in the heart chakra tonight with that example, and I hope that can influence many others to see their fear patterns in um, their own experience to improve their own their own well-being and authentic power. Yes, because if you don't do it, who else is going to? <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> that is right. That's the, that's the only possible answer because no one else can and no one else is interested in it. And some people may try to change you, but then they're pursuing external power. They're trying to change you so they'll feel better. I say we each have enough to heal in ourselves without spending our time trying to change other people. Yes, that, that's true. But uh, an even better reason for not trying to change other people is that, number one, you can't. That's right. And number two, whenever you try, you create destructive consequences. Yeah. Because the pursuit of external power that used to be so wonderful for us is now toxic. It produces only violence and destruction. You can try it. Try these ideas out for yourself. That's what I'd like you to do. Uh, if you know someone and you feel that this person has a belief that's wrong or not in alignment with yours and you want this person to change uh, their belief, then try to persuade them. And if they don't change their belief, keep trying to persuade them and watch what happens. See if you create intimacy. See if your bond grows deeper. See if you don't get in a power struggle. See if you don't damage the very thing that's important to you, which is this relationship. Well, I, I feel that um, in that case, beloved, when someone is trying to change someone else because of with their own beliefs, that actually the frightened part of the personality is not interested in, in the person. So you have to if you challenge that frightened part of the personality and not let it get its way, then you can actually have a real connection with that person. Exactly. If someone wants you to believe the way they do and they won't give it up until you do, you can't have a real conversation with them. You can't do anything except talk about ideas and their beliefs. If that other person, who might be you, by the way, is able instead to have a conversation without attachment to the outcome, is able to experience what it feels like inside her body to want to control or change someone else and not act on that, then an entirely new realm of possibility opens. And that's a joyful realm, a rich realm. So Dulcinea, these uh, the things that we're talking about, um, we're always we're always teaching about at our events. Um, yes. We offer we offer them. Uh, we have a number of things uh, happening in the next well uh, throughout the summer and fall. And yes. uh, one that I wanted to to say especially is one that Gary and I have been doing for every year uh, for uh, since we've been together. Um, and basically, it's called the path to authentic power. 
And that's where we really practice what we're talking about. You can practice with other spiritual partners, other people who are interested in creating authentic power for five days. So it's a five-day retreat um, on, in, near, on Mount Hood, uh, near Portland, Oregon. And um, for people who would be interested in, in really their spiritual growth is very important to them, and they want a place to practice and be with people who are doing the same thing, I'd, I'd highly recommend it. Now, spiritual growth, the way we're describing it, doesn't mean uh, merely uh, meditating or uh, watching a candle or chanting or oming or um, uh, appreciating crystals or um, herbal essences. All of those things are wonderful. And if anything helps you become more loving and more kind, then I suggest you do it. But when we talk about spiritual growth, or at least when I talk about spiritual growth, I'm talking specifically about developing the ability to experience and then challenge and change within yourself everything that prevents you from being loving and kind, compassionate and caring, patient and grateful. In other words, all of the frightened parts of your personality. That takes courage. To grow spiritually requires you to find and exercise your own demons. That's what this event helps you to do. It's a, it's a, it's a wonderful event, in my opinion. It, it's a, it allows you to learn about emotional awareness, as we've discussed. It allows you to learn about and practice responsible choice. We can talk about that a little bit. Choice is so important in your life. Before we go to choice, I just want to say, um, when you say exercise your own demons, you don't mean actually that. That's not literal. You're saying to be able to find the frightened parts of your personality that may that have been controlling your life without your awareness. Or that's, that's precisely that's really right, beloved. You Thank and you. And be able to change them. Yes. You change yourself with your awareness and your will, with your courage, with your clarity. And you develop compassion and wisdom along the way. But at first, it's a matter of having the courage not to react, not to speak in anger when you're angry, not to act in jealousy when you're jealous, and instead apply emotional awareness. What you are feeling, become aware of it. And even if it's painful, and it will be, not to act on it, to create differently, to create different consequences. Well, these are some of the things that you can learn and practice at the Path to Authentic Power. It's a, it's a wonderful event, in my opinion, that uh, there's a lot of laughter, a lot of deep uh, exploration, and we always we, we always hold it in a place that's beautiful. And this year we're holding it on a magnificent mountain called Mount Hood, which is just outside of Portland, Oregon. And it's a five-day retreat. It uh, runs from July 20th to July 24th, a Sunday through a Thursday. Well, people can find mm -hmm. out all about it, beloved, by going on our website. Yes. www.seatofthesoul, S-E-A-T of the S-O-U-L dot com. So you can check it all out and look at what, what, we, what yeah. we're doing. The, the, the reason I'm speaking so much about uh, the Path to Authentic Power Retreat <laughs> is that this retreat uh, has sold out uh, every year. And so if, if you're drawn to it, if, if it uh, uh, calls to you, I'd suggest that you register for it uh, quickly. And you can do that, as Linda said, on our website. You can also get all the information about it. 
Yes, and I'd like to offer our audience the 1-800 number as well, in addition to www.seatofthesoul.com. You can find out further information at one 733 4279 Again, it's the Path to Authentic Power Retreat at Mount Hood in Oregon from July 20th to the 24th, a powerful and comprehensive five-day event with Gary Zukoff and Linda Francis. So, Gary, in soul-to-soul communications from the heart, you really touch upon life challenges and opportunities. And I thought that we could discuss when an obstacle arises, what is the way to approach them from an authentic space? Can you give an example? For instance, I just lost my job. Well, that's a good example. Yeah, that's a good one. Now, what would you say that? Now, first of all, we're talking about an obstacle to your spiritual growth. It's not losing your job is not an obstacle to your spiritual growth. But if you feel panic or fear or anger because you lost your job or you feel betrayed, that, by the way, there are no obstacles to your spiritual growth. There are opportunities that surround you continually to grow spiritually. That's a better way to put it. So experiencing any of these things, disappointment, fear, panic, anger, betrayal, all of these are experiences of frightened parts of your personality. And if you experience them, then at that moment, that you can look inside yourself, put your attention into your throat area, into your chest area, your solar plexus area, and see what physical sensations are there. They will be painful. While you are feeling them, make a responsible choice. Choose to act and speak in a way that will create differently than you have created in the past when you have spoken and acted as you habitually have. So just losing your job has no impact on your spiritual growth, although it could be beneficial if your job is one that uh, is is not a healthy one or a constructive one or one that feeds you or one that allows you to uh, use your creativity and to and to contribute to the world. But losing your job offers you the opportunity to look at yourself more closely and more deeply so you can see what parts of you are still in fear that are controlling your life. Precisely. And doing this doesn't mean that you don't look for another job, that you don't assess your options. In fact, you can do that much more effectively when you're not in panic. You can do it, uh, you can also access your intuition. You can ask for guidance about what the next uh, best step for you will be instead of acting on the frightened parts of your personality. Well, that's another really um, important reason why why to challenge the frightened parts of your personality, to notice that they're there, to notice their thoughts, not believe those thoughts. And, um, and open yourself and open your heart to what you can learn from this. You know, what, what, what can I learn from this situation? I, I lost my job. Okay, what can I learn about myself to make me more, a more clear person, to help me to open more to my intuition? What can I learn? You can't do that if you go into all of the reactions that you might have uh, done in the past. Like, oh, my goodness, there's so many foreclosures right now, and the job market is shrinking, and the credit market and the mortgage market 
are becoming dysfunctional and on and on and on. All of those things are so. Every one of them is so. And all of us know that. But there is nothing that occurs in your experience that is not an opportunity for you to grow spiritually. And as you hold that perspective, you begin to use the experiences of your life, even those that are unexpected and painful and challenging, in order to grow spiritually so that you will no longer be controlled by your fear. Is that making sense to you, Dulcinea? Absolutely. It absolutely does. It's an, um, I, I personally can resonate with seeking the opportunity out of challenges in life and really looking at the deeper sense of who I am. But I thought that it was important to touch upon that because I think that was a really important element for people to look within and remain optimistic and say, okay, well, I'm an eternal being. I have a sense of me that's unchanging. What can I learn about that unchanging aspect to help me develop a stronger sense of who I am and live more authentically? That's right. And in order to do that, you need to have a clearer sense and experience of your personality that has frightened parts so you can challenge them and also cultivate the loving parts of your personality. Those are the parts that are caring and patient and grateful and kind and uh, that love life. And as you challenge the frightened parts that create destructively and cultivate the loving parts that always create constructively, your life begins to change. And you disempower yourself when you say, yeah, but that's just new age, new thought, uh, uh, flighty stuff. What you don't realize is I just lost my job. Yes, I do realize that. And what I'm saying to you is that I suggest that you look at all of the experiences, all of them, as opportunities for you to grow spiritually, to create a life of meaning and purpose and joy, of wisdom and compassion. And when you do that, no wind can blow that doesn't feel yourself. You begin to see the beauty, the power of the earth school, even in experiences that are painful. You know, uh, someone once asked a monk uh, from Tibet who was so cheerful, he said, why are, are you an optimist? How can you, well, why are you an optimist? You, you've lost your country. You've lost your monastery. All of, some of your friends have died. Why are you so optimistic? And the monk said, it makes me feel better. He made a choice. He made a choice not to engage his fear, but to engage his love, to look for the wisdom and the compassion of the universe, even in those experiences that were painful to him. Let me put it this way. There's an old story about a man who says to a friend, I've got two dogs inside me, in my mind, and they're always fighting. One's got long hair, and one's got short hair. But I'm not worried about it because I know which one's going to win. And the friend says, which one's going to win? And the man answered, the dog with the long hair. And the friend said, how do you know that? And the man said, that's the dog I feed. But which dog are you feeding? your patience or your impatience, your rage or your tenderness. 
your love or your fear. Whichever you feed is going to grow, and whichever you starve is going to weaken. If you feed the loving parts of your personality, if you cultivate them and strengthen them, they develop and become more and more accessible to you. And the frightened parts of your personality diminish in their ability to influence you. Feed your fear, the reverse happens. And also when you feed your fear, you have less access to your intuition. When you cultivate the loving parts of your personality, that's when you can really hear what it is that you need to do and how you need to be so that you can be the most supportive and giving your gifts fully in your life. Yes, yes. Sometimes intuition uh, uh, emerges so strongly that you hear it even in a moment of pain or panic. Yes, that's true. But when you are developing the ability to cultivate your own appreciation of life, yours and others, when you are in gratitude instead of in rage, when you are in appreciation instead of in fear, then you can hear your intuition more easily. And, of course, it's up to you to decide whether you're going to pay attention to it or not. Free will. <laughs> Indeed. Yes. So touching upon grounding the intuition, I think that's an important element so that people can't just discard the validity of the information. What is the role of responsible choice in being authentic? Well, uh, how do you uh, experience intuition? Um, I experience it actually clairaudiently and clairvoyantly um, pretty much. That's, those are my two primary ways of receiving it. So I see things and I hear things. Okay. Now, whatever you hear or you see, and some people have hunches, some people, uh, 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 everyone uh, experiences intuition in their own way. So there's no one single way. That's the way to experience intuition, or that's superior to other ways. So in developing your intuition, one of the things that's important is to recognize that intuition may come to you in ways that are different than it comes to other people. But when it comes to you, up to you to decide whether you're going to honor what you hear, what you see, what you feel, the hunch that you have, whether you're going to experiment with it, or whether you're going to dismiss it as, oh, that's nothing, or that was just a fantasy. Now, in your case, I suspect that you pay a great deal of attention to your intuition. But just in case there's some people listening who don't do that, I'd suggest that you begin to experiment with it. And that's where responsible choice comes in. It comes in many places. It's right at the heart of creating authentic power. Because when you make a responsible choice, you make a choice that will create consequences for which you're willing to assume responsibility. The fundamental choice that you make is the choice of intention. And that choice determines what you are going to create with your energy. You are a creative being, and you can't stop being a creative being. You can only decide what you're going to create. And in fact, 
you must decide what you're going to create. Well, let's give an example of, of intention. Uh, so intention would be um, if you were going to, if, you give, if you're giving someone a gift, for instance. Um, so that sounds like a beautiful thing to do, give someone a gift. But if your intention is to have that person like you more, that's one intention. But if you give a gift because you just want to give it and it's out of, the, out of the fullness of your heart and you give it and you don't have any attachment to whether the person keeps the gift or whether the person even likes the gift or appreciates the gift, in that way you're giving, just giving a full gift. So, that one, so in the other way, you, you have an intention, the first way, you have an intention to have them like you to uh, uh, more because you've given them this gift. Those are very different intentions, but it's the same act. It's the same, you give someone a gift. So what's underneath it, why you're actually doing it, is what's the most important part of it. So if I give someone something because I want something back, something in return, or I want them to like me, that, that is definitely an act that I'm, do, I'm doing that from fear. And so I need to be aware of that, because if I'm not aware of that, then I'll keep creating those kinds of consequences, meaning that I keep trying to get someone to like me. And um, it, it's very painful to have that happen, to, to do that and not be aware of it, or to be aware of it. Or I can give a gift because I really want to give it, and I have no attachment. It's okay, whatever someone does, because it's my gift of love. So those, those are very different intentions for one simple act. And it's true of every single thing. Everything we say and everything we do has an intention that we may be aware of or not aware of. And Linda, how do motives tie into intention? Because the examples you gave, I, I feel they ring in the motive element as well. Well, I, I feel like um, an intention is a motive. Okay. That's the reason just that you do it. Just yeah. to clarify. Yeah, that's the reason that you do it which you may be aware of or not aware of. And so it's really important to be aware of why you're doing something. And sometimes you don't know till afterward. Maybe you do something and um, you think that you're doing it for a loving reason, and then you realize you're completely, you are attached to it, and you're upset and disappointed. Like with the gift, for instance, if you give someone a gift, and um, the person just um, says, I, I don't really like this. Uh, I don't know why you got me this. Well, if you have a reaction to that, you know that your motive, your in intention, was really not purely to give it to them. It was you wanted something in return for that, and they didn't give that to you. There was an attachment to the outcome. Absolutely. Okay. By the way, there is some, oh, well, you, you have really put your finger on something important. Attachment to the outcome. If you're attached to the outcome, if you have an intention, but you're attached to the outcome, you are pursuing external power, not authentic power. When you can move through your life with an empowered heart without attachment to the outcome, that's authentic power. So Dulcinea, we, we have some um, uh, guidelines uh, called Spiritual Partnership Guidelines to help people in their interactions with people on our website People can go to the website and um, download them uh, and use them in their life. Um, and the last, the very last thing 
on these guidelines, the very last guideline is release your attachment to the outcome. Because if you do have an attachment, you know that you are pursuing external power and not authentic power. And um, In other words, you're trying to change someone else to make yourself feel better instead of striving to change yourself to align your personality with your soul. Right. No, I, I'd, also, Dulcinea, I'd also like to let people know that we have a, a really beautiful online course that's free to people when they come on our website that is such an amazing, um, it is really an amazing uh, online course that really helps people with exactly what we've been talking about tonight, to really look at when uh, you have an attachment, to look at the opportunities in every, every moment with anything that happens, things that you like or things that you don't like, and especially things that you don't like to happen. This, this particular online course is so helpful. We wrote it some years ago um, to help people when there was a, uh, something that was very painful to people. It was actually Hurricane Katrina. That's when it was written. Uh, but it's it's timeless. It's able to support anyone when anything is happening, like losing a job or um, uh, realizing that you're going to have to get a divorce or a sickness in your family. Anything could be very helpful. And also on the web. Oh, par pardon me. Also no, on the. Ahead. I just wanted to say that also on the website there are interviews, there are articles, uh, there's a welcome message. So. Uh, there's a lot of things that can support you there, and there's going to be more in the near future. But again, it's it's www.seatofthesoul, S-E-A-T of the soul dot com, and soon we're going to have a blog. We're we're it'll be in a while, but we're so excited about that because we want to talk about the most topical issues and support people. Gary especially um, is excited about this project because he wants to be able to support people in creating authentic power no matter what is going on. Well, I can speak for myself, beloved, and I happen to agree with you. Yes. It's, uh, the, uh, this blog is going to be called Soul Views, Social Commentary from the Perspective of the Soul. So we can look at things that are going on in our country and also around the world. In our country, I've already mentioned quite a few of them, uh, but others are that fuel costs are rising, food costs are rising, uh, health care is a uh, is, uh, uh, not of good quality. In fact, the whole system is beginning to unravel. And around the world, there are riots because the price of rice and the price of wheat has gone up so much. What do all of these things mean to you as someone who is growing spiritually? How can you use all of these experiences? How can you begin to see them from an impersonal perspective, from the perspective of your soul? So not only will the website help you as it does now in looking at your and, and using all of your experiences to grow spiritually, to align your personality with your soul. But in the future, we'll begin to help you see all of the things that you read in the news as opportunities to help you grow spiritually. And that's because there is nothing in your experience, nothing in your life, nothing in anyone's life that is not designed to help that person or you grow spiritually. Your life and our entire universe is a spiritual endeavor, not a physical enterprise. We're talking with Gary Zukoff and Linda Francis. I'd like to let you know about their upcoming retreat, The Path to Authentic Power. It will be held at Mount Hood in Oregon from July 20th to the 24th. It will be a powerful and comprehensive five-day event. You can find more information on the web, www.seatofthesoul.com, 
you can call 1-877-733-4279. And also under their 2008 events and retreat schedule, you can see that they'll be coming in May to New York in uh, the last weekend of May into Chicago. And in August, they'll be in Rhinebeck, New York. In September, Canada. Um, late September, Virginia Beach. Early October, Kansas City, Missouri area. And in November 7th through the 10th in the Phoenix, Arizona. Again, under the 2008 events and retreat schedule, you can find more information to align with them. The path of authenticity leads us each on a unique journey. The awareness of the importance of thought and intentional action can transform a personal experience on this earthly plane. Maximize your self-expression with spirit today to offer to yourself a most rewarding opportunity and to inspire others with your expression of the truth of who you are. The authentic you lies deep within. Seek it out today and your findings will create a domino effect of love and spiritual experiences positively impacting the human script. Coming up next week on Evolution Revolution, from the School of Metaphysics, Dr. Laurel Clark will be appearing to share about her latest book, The Law of Attraction and Other Secrets of Visualization. On May 29th, Albert Clayton Galden will be appearing, author of Signs and Wonders, and You're Not Who You Think You Are, a blueprint for retrieving your authentic self. For June, we will have Daniel Condren with his Enlightened Consciousness, the book The Emptiness Sutra, appearing on June 5th. On June 12th, Karen Sawyer will offer her amazing compilations of spiritual leaders, 45 spiritual leaders, in her wonderful book, Soul Companions. On June 19th, Dr. Susan Carroll will be reappearing on Evolution Revolution to discuss Volume 2 of Becoming One, People and Planet, a revolutionary look at the interconnectedness between planet and man. On June 26th, Michael Skorowski will be appearing with his emotionally evoking true story about intimate love, a spiritual course together, mastering relationship challenges, and facing cancer within the dynamic. And his heart-touching and inspiring book, Unforgettable, A Love and Spiritual Growth Story. You can look forward in July to Evo Dominguez Jr. with his highly insightful book, Spirit Speak, Knowing and Understanding Spirit Guides, Ancestors, Ghosts, Angels, and the Divine on July 10th. On July 17th, the captivating book Medicine Dance, a powerful look into a woman's healing journey into the world of Native American sweat lodges, drumming meditations, and dance fests as she overcome a major health obstacle. July 31st, Chrissy Blaze will be appearing to discuss wonderful book Power Prayer she co-wrote with Gary Blaze with a foreword written by Marianne Williamson. Please join us. On August 7th, the most accurate medium, psychic, and enlightened author from the UK, Jock Brokus, with his powerful wisdom and professional expertise, offering his personal portrait emphasizing the importance of the intuitive gift in this modern-day existence that lies inherent deep within each human being in his latest book release, Powers of the Sixth Sense. You can purchase Jock Brokus' book and all of our authors' books at www.amazon.com. Please join me in the upcoming weeks on the new revolutionary independent production of Evolution Revolution. Also, please explore the Evolution Revolution archive shows with inspirational authors that can be found at www.evolutionrevolutionradio.com. These archives are available 24 hours a day, and they are at no charge. They include amazing talent such as Dr. Adrian Windsor, Chrissy Blaze, Neil Donald Walsh, Taylor Wilshire, Dr. Barbara Condren, Charles Virtue, Michael Tamora, Marla Martinson, Michael Brown, Richard Blackstone, David Robert Ord, Megan Skinner, Dr. Lisa Love, Jennifer Weigel, 
Betty Youngs, and Paula Marie Jackson. Please share Evolution Revolution with others who may desire to join us in the future for an enlightening experience. Please visit me on my newly created website at www.dulcineasdivinevision.com or at www.evolutionrevolutionradio.com. There is a clairvoyant reading page on the web to explore, including testimonials from clients and my contact information. A divine and spiritually enlightening experience awaits you. Co-create with Evolution Revolution. We are seeking partners to help Evolution Revolution evolve and expand to even more people across the globe. If you are interested in partnering and supporting the rapid development, please email myself on the Contact Us page at www.evolutionrevolutionradio.com. I look forward to hearing from you about the infinite possibilities to co-create in the highest light and intentions. Thank you for joining Evolution Revolution this evening with my honored guests, Gary Zukov and Linda Francis. Thank you, Gary, and thank you, Linda. You're so welcome, Dulcinea. Thank you so Thank much. You. It's been great to Thank be on you. your show. Good night. Good night. Much gratitude to you for listening and supporting the new and revolutionary independent production of Evolution Revolution Radio. I wish you all abundant peace, joy, miracles, and love today and always. Abundant angel blessings. Good night. <laughs>